Hey friends, you're listening to Be Fearless, the Authentic Podcast. This Advent, you'll hear daily inspiration to draw closer to God as we remember how He drew close to us that first Christmas so many years ago. Grab your cocoa, light a candle, cozy up, and let's embrace God's presence and promises this holiday season. Welcome to Advent Day 9. This is um, a day that we are talking about the hope that Jesus brought that first Christmas and that hope that has continued for us um, as we look forward to a time we can be with God in heaven forever. So today it's that Jesus is our greatest hope. The first Christmas is a story of hope come to life and that hope is still alive within us today. So many times I think we look back at that hope that they must have felt when the Messiah was finally there and the hope that they felt when they realized what that meant for them. But then we fast forward through Jesus's life, the resurrection, and there's even more hope beyond that. But as we've fast forwarded 2000 years, we get to a point where it's hard to really imagine what that hope so long ago means for us today. John 3.16, you may know it well, says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. It's often hard to see how there could possibly be a hope big enough to cover the weariness of our world. Especially this year, 2020, we are all feeling weary. You may know this verse, John 3.16, backward and forward. It may even feel oversimplified to you. But take a moment to reread it and consider what it really means for you, the hope you can carry with you each day. I'll read it again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now we know we're all sinners. It's a natural part of this broken world we live in. But God decided that it wasn't good enough to have his beautiful creation, you and me, pay the price for sin and forever be separated from his glory. If you remember back from one of the first days of this Advent study, we talked about how how it all happened in the garden when Eve and Adam ate of that fruit of the tree of good and evil. And God kicked them out of the garden, but with such grace because he didn't want them to eat from the tree of life and live this life eternally with the pain and suffering that we experience here on earth because of that first time when sin entered the world. And so his plan was to send his son to redeem that for us and fulfill the promise of a life eternal with him in heaven, without pain and without suffering, without weariness, without exhaustion, without frustration and anger. Remember from yesterday, our God is a highly relational God. He's loving and he knew we needed more hope. So he reached down right where we are. He sent his son to be born in an old, smelly, stable manger and to live a life of perfection only to take the weight of our sins on the cross into death with him. 
He did this so we could have eternal life, an eternity of painless, beautiful, peaceful, abundant joy. We'll never have to struggle between the moments of sin, confession, forgiveness, and closeness to him again, because we will be with him in heaven. And I know that that sounds so far off sometimes. I want to just take a moment and reflect on the beautiful moment that that first Christmas brought us. You might have heard this often, the the phrase, love came down. And this whole book, Miracles in the Meantime, really is, is kind of emphasized on that idea that God came down to meet us where we are and show us that there's so much more for us that we're missing that's right in front of us. And there's so much wrapped up in that kind of love that I don't know about you, but I have never experienced that kind of love everywhere, anywhere else. And God said, not only do I want to come down out of heaven to be with my people, I want to do so in one of the most intimate ways as a baby. And then it doesn't stop there. He lived a life of humanity, fully human, but also fully God. And he lived a life to understand our suffering, to understand the pain we face and the trials and the temptations so that he could truly redeem us the way we needed to. And so that we could understand that he cares for us in a way that actually sometimes we can't even understand. And that's the power of Christmas. That is the power of this Advent, that this is what we are waiting for. We're waiting for that second coming. But what I really want to focus on today is actually how when Jesus ascended back into heaven, he did not leave us empty-handed. This kind of hope is the kind of hope our world needs. But it can be really hard to see when our days are clouded with financial mishaps, devastating illness, and life-wrecking pain. We can recognize, though, the hope that God offers. All that we face here on earth becomes more manageable, knowing that one day we will be freed from it all. It's hard to have that kind of heaven perspective every day, but God reached down as a little baby so we could have a little bit of heaven in the form of the Holy Spirit within us. So Jesus came down, but when he went back to heaven, he left us with the helper, the Holy Spirit. And when we need more hope, because things begin to look dreary and lost, we can simply ask the Spirit. I don't know about you, but this is something that I tend to forget often. When I feel weary or lost or hopeless, I forget that the Holy Spirit is actually within me and he works as an intercessor when I don't have the words. When I don't have the words to pray, I don't have to just stop praying. I can simply say, God, I don't have the words, but the Holy Spirit knows. In Romans 8, 24 through 26, it says, for in this hope, we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. 
I want to encourage you that wherever you are today, if you don't know what to even say to God, that is okay. We're all on different journeys in our faith. We're all walking at different paces with God. And it is okay to admit that your prayer life has been dry, or maybe you haven't really even spent time with God and you don't know where to begin. He knows that already. He knows your heart. And he can see where you need his spirit to fill in those gaps for you. As you reflect today, here are just some questions to think through. What does it mean to you personally to have an eternal hope like this? How does that affect your day-to-day life? How does that change your perspective on all the little things that come across your path? How does remembering this great hope help you as you navigate the frustrations you face in life? And what do you need to share with God? What do you need the Holy Spirit to intercede for? What do you feel you are lacking in this moment? I'm just going to read Romans 8 again. For in this hope, we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. I'm praying that wherever you are today, whatever your waiting season looks like, whatever hope you need, that you can allow the Spirit to intercede for you.